I also thought it was funny. Imogen makes a statement. I think it's in the very first episode. Don't be so old fashioned. It's the seventh century. Right. And I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> this is supposed to be what the 600s? Yeah. So, so I don't remember seeing this in the history books. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we review your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries available on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Medstaff with your host, Jamie Zarlingo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. I'm your host of this podcast. Today, uh, we got an episode that's been in the making for a while. We had to put it on uh, the back burner for a little bit for spooky season, but uh, we are here to talk about it today. I'm talking about the show Carnival Row. It is available on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon Prime original. Um, it was released in August of this year, so it's only been out for a couple months. One season currently, but it has been approved for a season two. So more to come for Carnival Row. Eight episodes. They're each about an hour long, so you can definitely, if you got some spare time, can definitely get it done in a weekend. Um and I have a uh, compliance specialist, Aaron Reeves, with me today. Hello. Thank you for joining me. You bet. You bet. So um, when I was looking for shows to watch, Aaron had mentioned this show. And I remember seeing it on my Amazon Prime queue or in the commercials for other shows. and On those uh, banners that they throw up that you should watch this. Yeah, right. So um, I was like, I'll give this a try. And I'm going to be honest, it's hard to get into. It is. It, it takes a, a little bit... Um, Especially if you don't know anything about it, like yeah. like you don't know any of the, the creatures' names or any of the people mm -hmm. or anything like that, it takes a couple of episodes to get into, I guess, that mindset. Mm -hmm. But once you do, it's so worth it. It so is. So worth it. It is, I think, a very uh, important story because it's i would say it's very relevant yeah, yeah i was thinking times. that yesterday too and I, as i was going back through the episodes i was like you know what that's kind of very very uh, relevant for today exactly yeah. and we'll talk more about that in the second half of the show the first half as always we're going to talk about the plot like i said there's eight episodes and they're about an hour long so we're going to try to keep this first half short um, but i don't want to leave out any of the important plot lines um a little bit more information on just the creators of the show it was created by renee oh my goodness just say it really fast etchvaria there you mm -hmm. go it sounds good to me and travis um beecham Beckham. Um, the main cast, um, there's a ton of supporting characters in this show, but I'd say the main are um, Orlando Bloom plays mm -hmm. uh, Rycroft uh, Philostrate, I think that's how you yeah. say it, and then yep. Philo, Philo for short. That's Everybody calls him that. Yeah. Yes. Um, he's the inspector or just like a police officer for um, the Berg. Um, Kara Delavine, I think is how you say I it. I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't. Um, if you don't know who she is, I'm pretty sure she was a Victoria's Secret model. Was she? Become act became actress, yes. Um, and then if you don't know who She's Orlando Bloom actress. is. She does she a really good job is. in this. She does a great job. Um, Orlando Bloom, if you don't know who he is, he was, I think, made famous from the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean mm -hmm. series, uh, among other things. Mm -hmm. But I'd say that's what he's probably most well known for. Um, and uh, Kara plays um, Vignette Stone Moss. She is a fairy and Philo's former lover, which is one of the biggest uh, storylines of the show. Um, Tamsin Merchant as Imogen Spurnrose. She's an heiress. She has a pretty big storyline. I got to I did not, I, you know, right at the start, oh, I, I really did not like that girl. No. Really did not like that hated character. her. At all. She's pretty. <laughs> but then about halfway through, I was oh. Oh, yeah. She she has, a, I would say, probably one of the best character arcs. I think she, so, yeah. She yeah. really grows. Um, I would say the main theme, again, we'll get into this more, <laughs> is uh, racism is a big part of the show. Racism, xenophobia, um, anti-immigration. Mm -hmm. The main plot of this show is, um, it's like based in like a Victorian 
fantasy land. Fantasy really. world, yeah. It's not not any real countries or places. No. Um, and it's uh, ha- you know humans and then fairy tale creatures. Mm-hmm. We have fairies, we have fawns, or uh, there's a slur puck is what they're called. Yep. There were, I did see a couple of centaurs in there yeah. too, and like bigger crowd shots and stuff. They're tucked mm-hmm. in there every once in a while, but yeah. Yeah, so it's a mix of just uh, humans and fairy tale creatures. My husband actually, um, he ha- he didn't watch it with me, but he watched a little bit as I was watching it, and he said it's a mix of Peter Pan and Gangs of New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. I never thought about it that way, but yeah, it uh, really is. Yeah, if you if you're familiar with either of those, I would say it's a pretty accurate uh, summary uh, just on face value. Um, and then another character we have, um, David. Gyasi, oh my goodness, um, he plays um, Agraeus, who is a he's a wealthy fawn that becomes the neighbor of Imogen, and they kind of have their own little storyline. Um, as you will learn, there's a lot going on in the show. Yeah, a lot of intertwining storylines. So again, it is a little hard to follow. This is a show that you really need to pay attention to. Yeah, if it's, you, it's not one you put on in the background and go right, do other stuff. Right, which my wife is famous for, <laughs> and I just drives me up the wall. <laughs> you gotta really pay attention to this show, or you'll you'll get lost. Yeah, especially in those first couple episodes when you're kind of getting familiar with with the names of the people and the groups. Um, but our, our main plot line here, aside from just these, uh, you know, humans against fairy tale creatures or the fae as they're called, um, and the obvious tension between them, there is a string of violent murders that, um, that Philo is investigating. We do not know who is doing them, but, uh, we soon learn it's a very, very complicated story. Yeah. That, that, uh, I, they, they, um. They kind of had a lot of fun with that one, I think. Yeah. They, they, they yeah, I like not knowing anything about the story leading up to watching it or anything like that. As coming up with that would have been oh, interesting, yeah. I yeah. think. It's a very creative story. Yeah. Yeah. It takes very, uh, you know, relevant themes and puts it into this fairy tale world. Kind of, I don't want to compare it to Harry Potter because it's obviously not the same thing, but Harry Potter has a lot of very relatable themes as well. I would say, yeah, yeah, in I, a fairy tale world, right, right. They, you know, they take an everyday, average sort of uh, person or or setting or whatever, and then kind of sprinkle in these magical or. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just get into the plot of these eight episodes. Like I said, a lot goes on, so we're gonna try to um, just briefly go over the main the main plot points. Um, the episode, the first episode, begins by showing us a brief prologue into um, the homeland. Of, of the Fae, it's being ravaged by um, this war between the Pact and um, the Bergs. And we don't really know why they're fighting. We don't really know the backstory, but um, it seems like this has been going on for, I would assume, maybe hundreds of years. Yeah, a few. A few. <laughs> and um, the, the Fae, unfortunately, are kind of caught in between. It looks like these two groups are fighting over land. The Pact is kind of trying to take over their land. And the Bergs are, in a way, trying to protect the Fae? I, I think so. I, I, yeah, I don't think they're trying to take over anything from no. them. I think, I think they're fighting on the side with the Fae. Right. Trying to keep their land. Um, and we find out a little bit more about that as the episodes go on. So we, we don't know too much right away. But the episode begins um, very quickly. A group of fairies are trying to escape from... Um, humans that are shooting at them we're assuming the pact this is where we meet vignette for the first time she finds a ship to try to smuggle some of the other fairies out but the ship sinks and we don't know what happens to everyone on the ship just yet shortly after that we meet philo who is coming to um the burg there's been a slew of killings unrelated to the big ones we'll talk about later against fairies they're all being beaten killed we don't know why and he's been assigned to find out who one of the victims says it was a man in uniform. She's unsure of which uniform, but she says he has a tattoo. So that's all he really has to go off of. And additionally, there is um, a political struggle between two parties. Um, Absalom, who is the um, the counselor, I believe. I think so. I can't remember what his last name was, but I, I can picture his face mm-hmm. right off the bat. And I don't know if I, I may have mentioned this before. It's all kind of Victorian set, but somehow hundreds of years in the past right right um so um, i could be wrong on what some of these uh 
like official like monarchy terms are um but anyway between him and Longsbane so I think the main political struggle between the two is uh that of are the fae good or bad right and the bad side would say that you know they're infiltrating our society they're scum of the earth taking our jobs right exactly sound familiar Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so that's the main struggle politically in in the show Vignette survives the shipwreck, but she's taken to a police station and is forced to be a maid to a wealthy family, which is where we meet Ezra and Imogen at the row. And she is forced to be their maid because the ship belonged to Ezra, and so it's a way to pay off the debt of wrecking the ship. We quickly learn that Ezra and Imogen... their parents are gone, so they're it's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. And we also quickly learned that they don't have any money. No. Did either daddy squandered what was left of it or brother squandered Probably what was both. left of it, I think. Yeah. Ezra doesn't but, seem like a good guy. No, this was kind of a, his ship was kind of a last ditch effort to save his butt, really. Really, You know, his yeah. family name, you know, all, yep. that, all that good stuff, but... It went down. Yep, literally. The yeah. ship went down, yeah. and so did yeah. so did their money. Um, and Imogen, too, uh, like we said in the beginning, she's not very likable in the beginning either. She's very much about appearances and... Just kind of clueless, sort yeah. of socialite, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, nothing matters except what you're wearing or what somebody says about you or exactly. that sort of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. very... Very, very... Um, Materialistic, yes. e- egotistical. Yes. Yeah, she's neither of them are very good people. Um, but that changes um, shortly after they see um, Agraeus, who um, is a fawn, or I guess um, if you're not, he has like ram horns. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Is that what they're called? I, based on what I read, that's what they're called. Okay. But fawn yeah, isn't that the name really of like a that. like a deer? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no, they look like like rams basically, yeah. like the ram horns on their head. Um, they look really cool though. They do yeah. really good makeup and like costuming in the yeah. show. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so he moves in next door and, uh, he's, he's very wealthy, which you can kind of just assume that, that these fairy tale creatures are usually poor, mm-hmm. um, extremely do, looked down on. Yep. And so he being very wealthy in this very wealthy neighborhood is, is a shock to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Vignette reunites with an old friend, uh, Termalin. Um, they also were apparently lovers before, and um, she works at a brothel. And I did like her. I liked her a lot, she too. She was a fun character. She was fun. Um, she finds out that um, Philo is still alive. Again, we don't really know anything that's really going on at this point. We're no, like, wait. You and you don't until, like, episode three. Right. You know, they finally tell you what the deal About is. their past. Yeah. 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 And so it, you're like, so you gotta you got to stick, stick with it. Yeah. And like I said, the first my first go around watching this show, I was like, what is going mm-hmm. on? I have no idea what's going on. I'm so confused. But, but hang in there. You find out more. Um, eventually, Philo, in the first episode, finds out the man responsible for the killings is a sailor. And during a standoff, the man says, a dark god has awakened, and he jumps to his death. And... Uh, then immediately at the end of the episode, a a fae female is brutally murdered in an alley. And you you want to pay attention to that part too. Yes, she's she's pretty important. She's a very important character later on. Episode two, Philo is in, is inspecting the murder from the night before. The sailor who was named Jack could not have been responsible. Um, so they know that someone or something else is responsible for these murders. And she's, I don't know if I mentioned brutally murdered i mean insides on her outside it's it's pretty bad pretty gross um phyla goes to her flat to try to find clues and she finds or he finds an old friend of hers doesn't really get much information other than the fact that she was a singer and um plays some of her records she has a beautiful voice Mm -hmm. um that's important later uh, meanwhile, Absalom finds out that his son Jonas has been abducted. There's a scene where he actually goes to the brothel and then is taken. Yep. And we don't know what happens to him or who took him yet. Um, that was one of those old crap moments. Yeah. You know, watching it, you're like, oh, I did not see that coming. Well, and he's not supposed to be there. His parents, uh-huh. he goes to the row, which he's not supposed to go to. You can kind of assume it's like a bad area of yep, town. bad side of town. And um, so... They're mad, but also terrified, wanting to find out what happened to him. Philo finds someone to do an opto- autopsy on the fairy. Her name is Ashling, 
and they find that her liver has been removed, which is important later. Mm-hmm. Um, Vignette is still working for Ezra and Imogen, but she leaves quickly after Ezra assaults her. And um, Tourmaline tells her of a group called the Black Raven that she should meet with. And the leader, Dahlia, immediately murders somebody when she goes yeah, to Yeah, that was a them. nice little introduction to her character. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, so you're like that. So, yeah, you learn very quickly that this group is ruthless. They're kind of uh, like a rogue fairy group. Yeah, they're... they're oh. They're like smuggling in drugs. They're like drug dealing, right, kind right, of. Right, right, right. They kind of run the behind the scenes. of the, They run the... the the gambling because mm-hmm. that's what that's what um, vignette ends up doing for them is mm-hmm. running their their numbers you know mm-hmm. each day um but then yeah they, they pretty much have their hand in just about everything yep they're they're pretty they're pretty notorious yep and uh absalom calls on the help of an old witch to find his son she says it was a person who was known to them who took him they believe it to be long spain his political rival but um, it was actually, we find out, his own mother. And we learn why she does that later. But he doesn't know this yet. But um, there's a scene where he is in this room, bag over his head. And we see some heels walking by. And it's his mother. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. What's going good. on? Um, oh, good. I'm glad you said shit. Because I didn't know if <laughs> oh, we could yes. on here. Okay, we're, we're fine. We're okay, fine. Good. No no censoring. <laughs> okay, good. Um Okay, so Philo finds out what happened to Vignette with Ezra. He buys off her debt. And Imogen finds out that their family is broke. She invites um, Agraeus, the the fawn next door, over to her home. Her intentions are unknown at first. We don't know why she does this. Um, And then Mima, I believe, arrives to give um, Ashling her last rites. And she says something very sinister and evil took her. And that's all we know. Oh, yeah. And then episode three, like we said, is mostly a flashback. This is where a lot of questions get answered. Um, We learn about the past of Vignette and Philo. They were together back during the war when the Berg soldiers had, where they were in um, a fairy refuge. They were kind of there to see, you know, to protect him and also to see, are they really a threat, I guess? I think that they they set up camp there basically to... um, um, It was kind of like a a communications hub, really. And that's that's where they... uh, there was one, at one point during the episode, one of the communication lines was was cut, mm-hmm. and and they had to go out and repair it. And they take you know, um, there's like Orlando Bloom and and uh, Vignette and and Orlando Bloom. I can't even remember the character's name, but his friend Darius. Darius, that's right. And uh, they go and repair this. And while they're in the process of doing this, some of the other um, the the bad guys. That are packed. Kind of packed. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> they like inject themselves with a serum where right. they become these like that was wolf that was men. pretty cool. That was pretty sweet to see that happen. And you don't know at first what's going on. You just see these like naked guys in the forest. Yeah. And you're like, like, what? what? Okay. So there's some weird stuff going yeah. on here. What are you guys doing? <laughs> but then you find out why. Yeah. And it, and it's it's kind of neat to actually watch that transformation happen. But um, that that's pretty much what they were there for is just to set up communication. So mm-hmm. they you know relay messages back and forth and. That was it. Yep. And uh, the, like uh, like Aaron said, we meet um, Darius. Who He's actually attacked by one of these wolf men. And he becomes And of course one. tries to hide it. Yeah, like they always do. Mm-hmm. And, yep. He tries to hide what has happened to him. And he says something to Philo that comes back later. He says, I can smell Faye all over you. Mm-hmm. And you think at first he's just like, oh, you know, because he's, you know, with this, with this fairy woman. They're together. They're intimate. But really... You find out in this episode, kind of, but it's never really said outright that he is actually half Faye. You get, yeah, you get a sense of that, yeah. He has these scars on his back from he said um, something that happened to him as a child. He doesn't know what happened or why, but you find out he had his wings clipped mm-hmm. and two passed oh, as. A tough scene to oh, watch. I know, I, I hated that. it. It made me so yeah, sad. That was tough to watch, especially if you have kids. Oof, mm-hmm. I hate it. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, you find out he had his wings clipped to pass as a human. We don't know anything else. We just know that there's this little part of his backstory um, as to uh, his true origin, I guess. Um, as as the war is raging on, uh, uh, Tourmaline, who's there, she says that Vignette, um, she kind of meets with Philo and she says that Vignette will die for him. And to save her, she says that he must leave. 
So he lies to her. Well, he doesn't, but I think it's I think it's Termalin that tells her that he was killed in yeah, an attack. Yeah, he has he has somebody there that you know they get separated in the the attack that happens towards mm-hmm. the end of the episode, and he tells uh, one of the other Fae that to tell her that he's dead, mm-hmm. so she doesn't go after him or try to find him or mm-hmm. come after him and anything like that. So she will be safe, right? Yeah. And uh, she even wanted to like they wanted to run away together, mm-hmm. but to protect her, he, you know, just was like, "Hey, tell her, tell her I died." And then we flash back to the present, and they meet again, and she says, "You know, our our love is over. It's it's, it's done. I know you're alive now. It's yep. fine. I won't tell anybody about you, about your history, your mm-hmm. past. But we are over." And then episode four, we have another killing. So there is a headmaster at an orphanage who was killed. And this is where we start to see, well, we don't know the connection between these killings yet, but this is kind of the start of it. So we find out that Philo was an orphan. This yeah, was his former headmaster. You start to dive more into his past and, yes. and his upbringing and right. what happened to him. He has a couple of flashbacks from when he was an orphan in the orphanage. Um, it's a little triggering for him. He does get to see the monster killer very briefly before it retreats. Um, meanwhile, Vignette in the Black Raven group, um, they think that they see her talking with Philo. So they think that, that there's like a rat in the group or a cricket, mm-hmm. as they say. And um, Dahlia like, is basically holding her over a cliff like, <laughs> we think that you're it. We think that you're the rat. And mm-hmm. she says, I, I promise I'm not. I'll find out who it is. And the guy that is, um, this part I thought was, in my opinion, a little unnecessary. I think it was more of a of a device to get her back, or I guess Philo back in her good graces. Okay. Because the way the way that it ended with you know yep. her fighting that that rat or cricket or whatever, and Philo helping out, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of a way to get them two back together. Yes. I, I agree. Yeah. It was. I felt a little unnecessary, but then at the same time, it was like. Oh, okay. I see what this was. This right. was just a way to get them talking again. Because otherwise, they, there's no reason for them to get together, you right. know, until like two episodes later. Well, and this guy, they're like interrogating him, and he tells Philo that the the woman that Dahlia kills in the first or second episode was instructed. What was she instructed to do? I don't remember. She had to. She was doing something shady under like under the table, basically yeah. that makes Philo believe that she had something to do with maybe these mur- murders. Oh. Possibly. Yeah, see, I didn't catch it's, that. It's a little confusing. Um, it, and, it was so insignificant, I didn't even yeah. pay attention. <laughs> and, um, and then this, then he and um, Vignette are fighting, and then Philo shoots him, and yeah. the guy dies. And yeah, so again, they are under good graces at this point. Um, also, meanwhile... Um, oh, gosh. I, I How do you say it again? I just said it. Why can't I say it now? Agreus. Okay. Yeah. I I feel like I look at the neighbor. The neighbor. The neighbor. (laughs) Um, Agreus and Imogen. um, She invites him over again for tea, and she's. It's very awkward, and she's trying to just make conversation with him, and he thinks that basically she's inviting him over as a joke Mm -hmm. for fun, and she says, "Well, actually, no. It's my family's broke. We need help. I have a proposition." And so, yeah, so he, he sees it as um, mutually beneficial. He gives them a loan while she kind of takes him out to these social events, tries to get him accepted by this very wealthy crowd that she's mm-hmm. part of. And it doesn't work out very well at first. No, um, that was that was some tough stuff to watch, just how yeah, awkward it was. It was awkward, and her friends are very judgmental and ask him all of these kind of very pointed questions, mm-hmm. and he... He is very prepared to respond, but uh, it, it's very obvious what it's trying to show here. The, um, the just the racism against this this group of people. And it seems as though um, Agreus is used to it at this right. point. And he's very and rightly so very defensive about it. Mm-hmm. And he, like you're like you said, he has this, the the retort for every comment that they make, mm-hmm. you know, about him. And at the same time, it 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 starts her arc off mm-hmm. on off on its little journey and mm-hmm. you get to see that her eyes are opened a little bit yeah. as to what kind of person she is right. and who she wants to be which and i thought was really neat yeah yeah and who she's friends with the type of people she's friends right, with right right um 
And during all this, Philo is finding out about the monster. It's something called a dark asher, which is a beast fashioned from limbs of the dead. Oh, they're gross. Very gross. And so he asked the witch. This part I thought was also kind of unnecessary. I don't know if he just wanted to experiment, but he wants to make one. I don't know, to maybe possibly fight. Right. He didn't he didn't quite no, he didn't quite believe that it was a thing. Okay. You know, and and of course this he'd already talked to the two witches already about it, and both of them had said something, you know, said what it was, and he I don't believe it, I don't buy it. So he said, Okay, make me one. Prove it, you know? And Alice Krieg, who is amazing as the witch, she's I love her and everything she does. Um, but she um she I don't, I don't want to say how she makes She has him, to assault him, yes, essentially. Yes, basically, yeah, It has much. to come from yeah. him to be created. <laughs> ding, ding. Um, but yeah, it, and it's they're gross. They're just bits and pieces of dead things. Yes. Pretty much. And it cannot be killed if who created it is still alive. Right. So this thing is still out there. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Flopping um, around on her table. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then um, during all of this... Uh, um, the the political the political guys um, Longerbane and Absalom are um, in Parliament again, and he's under the assumption that Longerbane has his son, mm-hmm. and um, his wife uh, Piety, I believe is yes. her name, um, keeps uh, pushing at him. You know, he's the one who has our son when we all know that she's actually the one who took him. I've had a massive crush on that actress for really? many many years. <laughs> yeah, ever since I first saw her in Rome, I, yeah, she was yeah. great. She was great. Um, and then he actually, they, they beat him, and then he gets poisoned. And this is when he finds out, there's like a moment between him and Piety where she's like, oh, you know, my, my husband doesn't know that I'm actually the one who took him, but we're going to make everyone think that it was you. Mm-hmm. So he dies before he can ever, you know, uh, speak his truth. Yeah. Um, and so everyone just assumes that he kidnapped Jonah. They get him back. And then there's this really creepy scene where he's, you know, he and his father reunite, they hug, and he hears the heels clicking down the hallway. Yeah, that was his, good. Of his mother like coming, that. and he's like, I recognize that sound. Uh-huh. Very creepy. So he's he doesn't really know, but he's suspicious. Yeah. Um, I'd be convinced. I'm sorry. Oh, That's yeah. just me. Yep, yep. He, he knows something's up. So episode five starts with um, a puppet show. Um which I don't know what these creatures are called. I don't either. And you don't, I kind of hope they make a return because I was mm-hmm. kind of interested by them. They, they're they're not in this season very much. They're no. just there as, as those little actors and, mm-hmm. and then they get, that was one of the saddest moments they of the whole deported. season. Yeah, they get deported and, and he's so sad and so heartbroken. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and then Moira, who I think is the leader of like the brothel. Um, she approaches the puppet master and tells him, um, she loved the show. Um, the constable approaches soon after demands to see his papers. And unfortunately he doesn't have them. And, um, he's brought to the police station where Philo tells the police that both, um, victims had their livers removed. So again, that is brought up. And then at this point, I think, um, who was the next one? Oh, Philo goes, in trying to find out more about the the headmaster, right. he goes back to the, when he has his flashbacks about mm-hmm. being a kid and being at the orphanage and stuff, he talks to one of the guys who was there, who has worked there since he was a little kid and mm-hmm. come to find out the headmaster had a, had a um, once a week standing engagement at the brothel in right. Carnival Row right. to meet a friend of his. And so Philo starts tracking that down mm-hmm. to find out where he was going. Uh, Meringue is his name. Yeah. He's a doctor. And we yeah. find out, um, Meringue actually is the next one to be killed. Um, we find out that he kind of did some stuff under the table, um, like abortions mm-hmm. or, um, and as we find out, he, you know, uh, clipping the wings of, of right. baby Faye to right. pass as humans, which again, he has these very awful flashbacks of this happening to him. So Philo's kind of starting to figure out what's going on with him and his past. Yeah. And I think it's in episode five at the end is when we find out that um, Ashling was actually his mother. Right. The, the song, first lady to die. Yes. There. The song that um, she sings to her son, he very vividly remembers as a child. Mm-hmm. And um, I think. I guess the headmaster used to leave the window open to the mm-hmm. orphanage and she would fly in at night and hover over his bed and sing to him. Mm-hmm. You Because know? she didn't. She would being a famous singer. She couldn't. Very, she was kind of having an affair with. 
someone else and couldn't have this baby out of wedlock or whatever, right. I guess. And, uh, and so we she, find had, out. she had to give him up. Right. And we find out because choice. the father is human. Yeah. I'm assuming this is like, like a, a be put to death type of crime. Mm, like yeah. this is very, very looked down upon. Now I wouldn't even say just looked down upon. This is probably illegal. Yeah. Um, so his birth is an abomination yep. essentially. Um, so that scene's actually really sad when he kind of puts two and two together mm-hmm. that Ashling was his mother. There's like a tear that rolls down his cheek. It's very sad. I'm, I'm not a huge Orlando Bloom fan. I like, he is, you know, he's in mm-hmm. these movies. Whoop de right. no big deal. But he was really, really good in this. He was. I really, I was really he surprised by him. Job. And it, there's not a whole lot of, you know, dialogue for him to do, which might've helped. I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe, but he just, he did a really, really good job in this. Yeah, I would agree. Especially just with all the emotions that he yeah. has to deal with. And he he did a great job. So episode six begins um, with um, Philo arriving at Meringue's home and finding his mutilated corpse. Um, and then he is told to find a connection with the bodies before it's too late. And this is before we know the connection, which we find out later on is these are all people that were close to him. Mm -hmm. So he eventually suspects that it's his father trying to, I don't know, put forth some sort of message to him. Um, and, um, and all the while he's trying to figure that out, his fellow police officers are basically turning on him right putting those pieces together just mm-hmm. in the wrong pictures saying that right. he's the one going back and killing all these people that have been close to him throughout his life right and they kind of somehow well we also see a little bit philo has kind of an affair with his landlady oh yeah and he confesses to her that he is half fay. she's disgusted kicks him out he um visits with um darius in prison and he tells him what, because and then this is when Darius brings up again, I smell Faye on you. He's kind of always known yeah. um, the truth about him. And he said, hey, they're, you're the only reason that they're keeping me alive. If they find out about you, you'll be killed and then I will be killed too. Right. So now there's a conflict for for everyone here. And um, one of the police officers, Portia is her name, the landlady, he kind of gets it out of her. And um, so they arrest him, Philo, and um, she finds out that they arrested him not only for that but under the suspect of murder and mm-hmm. she and she said oh no he's not a murderer i made the whole thing up right and so the police officers are like hey we'll let you go if you know you can confirm that this is all a lie right and he decides he doesn't want to live in a lie anymore he doesn't want to hide from his truth and he says nope i am who i am my mother was a fairy that's how it is. And yep. so then they're like, all right, well, you can stay in prison. But then he gets taken out of prison. And then this is in the the last episode. This all kind of builds up to the to the climax at the end. Uh, meanwhile, also, um, there's the daughter of Longsbane and Jonah kind of trying to join forces. Like, basically, they want to start some sort of anarchy so they can rise from the ashes. I haven't figured out their whole deal yet. No. Like, they, they somehow... They get together. She's been basically sequestered her whole life, you know, kept locked in her dad's castle pretty much, Mm -hmm. you know, because for whatever reason. Uh, But she just kind of comes out of nowhere after he her father dies and kind of takes over his side of the Mm -hmm. political party. And I don't get what her real motivation is yet. I I don't I don't know if we're supposed to. They kind of tease at it. I think that. You know, she says she's not under the rule of her parents anymore. I think she's just, she says she's about chaos. Yeah. And so I think that her thing is she just wants destruction, chaos, anarchy, and she wants Jonah's help because he's on the other side of the political spectrum. That's my, that's kind of my takeaway from it. Possibly. I'm trying to remember what, like, because I think she had like one of the last two scenes of that last episode there and she was talking to him in the, in the parliamentary chamber or whatever. And um, she said something, and I can't remember what it was, but it kind of alluded to what her ultimate goal is, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'm, like I said, I was doing other things while I was watching <laughs> it, so I don't remember what it was. But I'm, I'm sure in the next season they'll probably play a, a oh, much yeah. bigger part than because the Philo story, you know. Well, I don't know what else you can you can right. do from there. I'm, right. I'm sure they can, but you know, I'm just I have no idea what it's going to be. We find out in the last like episode and a half. The last episode is the longest; it's over an hour long. 
a lot of these people are related. Yeah, everything's <laughs> connected. Every it's and I like that about mm-hmm. the show is every you find out everything is is connected at yeah, the end. You it know? seems like a lot of these characters aren't supposed to, like you know all these different storylines. They all kind of come together in the end, which which is cool. You find out that um, Absalom is actually. Uh, Philo's father, mm-hmm. he just expects that his father was kind of just a deadbeat dad, got right. his mother pregnant and was never to be heard of again. He, I think probably just because of status or society, kind of... He was madly in love with Philo's mom, mm-hmm. but his dad was obviously against it because of the times that they were in and prevented him from you know, marrying her or mm-hmm. spending any more time with her. And, and she had asked to meet him one more time and he didn't show up. He mm. just ghosted her. Yep. And that was, he assumed after meeting Philo that that's what she was wanting to talk to him about. And he never knew that Philo even existed. Right. And he thinks that Philo is responsible for the murders. And so he has a gun to his face, like, beg for your life. You killed your own mother mm-hmm. and obviously distraught. And then that's when we kind of put two and two together. We also learn that um, uh, Jonas, is it Jonas or Jonah? I, uh, one of the two he and um long's bane's daughter are actually brother and sister yeah so that's everybody's kinda, sleeping with everybody yep kind of gross but that's because um his father slept with her mother no or is it the other way around no her father slept with his mother okay yeah gotcha so that's how they're related, half siblings. Um, and um, Piety actually is the one who tells him about it because he's like, "Yeah, I'm sleeping with her," and she's like, "No, you can't do that." And he's right. like, "Why?" And then finds out, and and actually, she's totally like, she's like, "I don't care." Nope, don't whatever. care. Whatever. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Kind of weird, but whatever. Hey, and then, it worked on Game of Thrones. <laughs> whatever, you know. And then. Um, you might have to help me with this, Aaron, the kind of like the big battle scene at, at the end or the, the big uh, fight. We find out that actually Piety's behind all of this. Right. And the reason why is because uh, the her, this witch lady that she had grown up with and learned from uh, her entire life had told her a prophes- prophecy when she was younger that her son would grow up to do great things. Mm-hmm. Well, she having had an affair with her husband's political rival, her son is not technically her husband's son. Right. So she wasn't sure if that's what that meant, whether it was actually her son or whether it was her husband's son. This, uh, I can't remember the, the character Jared Harris plays. Um, is Absalom is that? I think that's who it okay. is. Yeah. But anyway, uh, sh- so she wants to ensure that yes, her son is going to be the one that does all these great things. So that's why she starts seeking out Philo. She doesn't know who he is or where he is, but she knows she starts with um, Philo's like mother. Heir, basically. Right, yeah, something like that, something like that. But she she starts backtracking with all these people that have had dealings with him or she starts with Philo's mother mm-hmm. and then goes from there. And then it finally leads her to Philo. Right. And then at the end they have this huge, well, it's not really huge, but um, fight with Philo and, and this dark Asher thing. Mm-hmm. That's, it's got like the face of a squid and inside yeah. of it, you know, it's got a it's horse. Like horns mouth. And it's, yeah, it's, it's gross. It's weird. Um, but yeah. And then um, she had, kidnapped vignette to Mm -hmm. lure philo to her so the dark asher could kill him and end up philo chops the thing's head off and various other things but it just doesn't die because she's still alive and then finally vignette stabs her right in the back of the head and And it's over and then it's over but then um as far as the political aspect goes absalom is killed piety kills him so it's it's jonah who mm-hmm. is the kind of the head of the parliament, and he makes a statement that things are going to get worse before they get better. One thing we didn't mention is there's also like this like cult of of uh, fawns, yeah, that um, are basically just out like stabbing people, and <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, so they're kind of running rampant in the city. Any fairies um, or you know fairy tale creatures trying to escape can't. They basically try to contain everybody to kind of gain control. Mm-hmm. Um, Imogen and and her neighbor are trying to escape, and I think they eventually do. Yeah, they they wind up taking the boat that he had bought with them, and off to some place 
wherever, wherever he, I don't even think he's just surprised me is what he ended up saying. He's mm-hmm. like, surprise me. So the captain goes off after he tells him that while they're signaling us to come back, they're not allowing us to go anywhere. He says, just ignore them. Yeah. Just keep so going. off we go. Yep. So they're off on their own little adventure. Yep. And, and Ezra's uh, left in the city. Her and... brother's left pissed off. <laughs> I wonder if they'll come back. They have to come or oh, at, sure at least will. like yeah. somewhere in the narrative. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so Philo kind of, you know, takes on his identity and he reunites with vignette and he's kind of just a part of yeah they, of the they, even, now. they even try separating them there at the end is like mm-hmm. oh no she has to stay in here but you're free to you know walk around because you you look human right you, you're free. he's like no i'm i'm Faye. i belong in there so he goes in yep. there with her and and that's where we leave him anyway yep and it kind of leaves it open for season two, like what's going to happen government-wise with the parliament, what's going to happen with um, Imogen and, um, oh my God, why can I never say it? Agraeus? Agraeus? <laughs> the neighbor. It's the neighbor. The neighbor. The neighbor. Um, you know, there's there's a lot left to be told. So um, like I said, it's, it's a, kind of a heavy eight episodes. There's a lot that goes on. You really got to pay attention when you watch this show. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's Carnival Row. Before we get into, um, some of the themes and our overall thoughts on the show, let's talk about what else we are watching. I don't know that I'm watching anything in particular right now, other than Disney Junior. Um, <laughs> I do have an. I want to start watching the Jack Ryan show on on Amazon Prime. Me too. Um, I think they're already in season two. Yes. I'm not sure, um, but I do. That really looks good. I loved all those Jack Ryan movies, even you know the Harrison Ford and Alec Baldwin when they played oh, that character. I didn't realize and there then, were movies already. I thought oh, it was just based on like a book oh, no, series, right? It started out as a book, and then they made it. They made the Hunt for Red October. Oh, that started okay. it. Okay, that's what that all and is. And then. Uh, Harrison Ford took over from there for like, I think he did three movies as the Jack Ryan character. And then hmm. Ben Affleck did one. Um, okay. And then Chris Pine did one. And then I think that was the most recent movie. And then um, no, John Krasinski, John Krasinski yep. took over. And, and My he's guy, got the, Jim, Jim Halpert. <laughs> I love Jim. Uh, yeah, I've been wanting to watch that show too. There's that one. And then I've started watching The Mandalorian since Disney Plus is out, mm-hmm. which is really, really good. I was a huge fan of the Firefly series and this has a, a a lot of a lot of that in it you okay. know and i love that i loved it so um based on just images i've seen is it is it baby yoda y- well it's not we don't really know yet but okay. seeing as how yoda died in in episode six i don't think so i think it's yoda species okay which I don't know what that is. I, I'm not that big of a Star Wars geek. I'm a Star Wars geek, but I'm not that big okay. of a Star Wars geek. It's, so it's that species is my guess. Okay. Anyway, I don't think it's actually Yoda, but it's it's that species. Okay. He's so cute. He's very, very He's cute. So cute. All the previews I've seen and all the, the memes mm-hmm. and everything. Very, very cute. Um, well, I actually just got Disney Plus over the week or last weekend. Um, so been really taking advantage of that with my son. He's too young to really watch anything yet. Yeah. Um, but we have been watching some Pixar movies. I w- yeah. I'll recommend the, uh, the, uh, for your kids anyway, the, uh, they do have all sorts of old Mickey Mouse cartoons, mm-hmm. uh, the whole group, the whole gang, you know, and my four and, and one year old love those. They just mm-hmm. sit there and veg. It's great. There's, yeah, there's tons and, um, it's, it's just fun for the whole family. Mm-hmm. I think it is a subscription that I think anyone can benefit from. Um, and especially if um, you are a 90s child like I am, all of the classics are on there from our childhood, um, older Disney films and Disney shows. Too. Right. And that's that, that's it's kind of a double edged sword because you get a lot of the, uh, you know, the ones you remember with such fondness from your childhood, mm-hmm. you know. But there's also a lot of that Disney crap that was in there, yeah. you know, that they made in between the good ones. Yep. And just, oh, man. Yep. So you got to sift through all that mm-hmm. to get to the good stuff. But, yeah, it's pretty good. There's also it's it's Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars mm-hmm. and like surprisingly The Simpsons. Well, like, why is The Simpsons? on They there? own Fox. Disney uh, own Fox. I now. guess. I guess. So, that yeah. makes sense. Um, I've been watching uh, Lizzie McGuire, which was <laughs> on when I was a kid. Um it is so cheesy. 
such bad acting. It's so bad, but it's so great. And that show is actually being rebooted for Disney Plus. Right, right. They're in the making of that now. I actually and follow... everybody's coming back for it. Yeah, everybody. Yep. I actually follow um, Hillary Duff on Instagram. Oh yeah. And she posted a photo with Gordo, and everyone freaked out because oh, yeah. they're like, "Oh, Gordo's coming back!" It's great. I'm excited for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not being paid to say this but definitely uh get a disney plus subscription yeah i i've gotten you know it's only been out for what two weeks now mm-hmm. I've, I've seen two episodes of the mandalorian um i've watched uh, i love the jeff goldblum series mm-hmm. i've only seen two episodes it's nothing special like you know it's basically like a, a different version of how it's made but it's jeff goldblum mm-hmm. being jeff goldblum yeah and i love that he's hilarious just to watch i'm pretty sure it was jeff goldblum i could be wrong that did this Christmas film last year that was on Netflix. Bill Murray. No, it was not Bill not Murray. Bill Murray. No, it was he was a uh, like he was Santa, and it was like these kids. Their father died, and it was oh my god, I need to. Kurt Russell. Yes. Yes, I that get, was I good. I get them confused. That I was good. I don't care if it's made for kids or not. It was still good. It was, a it was great really movie. good. Really cute. Nice little cameo by Goldie Hawn in there too. Mm-hmm. I love that. That was great. Very cute. Um, since it is getting closer to Christmas season, I thought I would throw that out there. Um, but yeah, Disney Plus, I'm excited about it. I'm excited for all these movies and these shows to watch. I mean, not just for my kid, but for me. I will I will say that some of the stuff that, that you know, they show pictures of or, or advertise, I guess, that you can watch on there, some of it isn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. It's it, it'll You click on it like you want to watch it, and it'll tell you, okay, we'll be available in 2020 or or something like that you know so it's coming it may not be there just yet so there is that little caveat i actually did see an article maybe it was yesterday that um it's already been hacked like people's accounts have already been hacked so my wife and we changed our password and everything as soon as we saw that we're like i'm gonna do that right after this so um but yeah that is uh what else we're watching Okay, let's get back into our review of Carnival Row. So, Aaron, what what are your overall thoughts? What do you think of the show? I really, I had no idea what to expect going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a huge fan of the the Penny Dreadful series when when those were on Showtime. So I kind of is it the went, same creators? Or? I don't think so. I I just like the overall look of it, like watching the previews and that sort okay. of stuff. But then after watching it, I really like the just the overall feel of it it's it's dark it's Mm -hmm. it's dirty it's gritty it's mean um it doesn't it doesn't pull any punches if that's a thing in that sort of fantasy world Mm -hmm. type movie you know i mean it's 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 gory it's it's vicious when it needs to be but yet it's not over the top no it's it's not gratuitous i guess you know right but I I really really liked it, and I, like I said before, I'm not I'm not a huge Orlando Bloom fan by any means, but he was really good in it. Everybody he was. that everybody everybody did a great job. Yeah, and um, I'm not as familiar with like like British actors. Mm-hmm. I didn't hardly know anybody in this except oh. for Orlando Bloom and um, Cara. I think Cara Cara, um, but uh, Jared but Harris. Uh, everyone he did was, great. You, you probably if you ever saw the Sherlock Holmes movies oh, with Robert okay. Downey, he played. Um, Moriarty in the second oh, one. Okay, he was also he's fun fact. He's the son of the original Dumbledore in the Dumbledore movies. Oh yeah, yes. Richard Harris. Yes, oh, that's his son. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Man, I was. Can I just? Can I just tangent for a second? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Harry Potter. I, Me too. I, I'm sad I haven't talked about Harry Potter that much on this show. I but want in. Love. We will have to do it sometime. That would be like a two hour episode. Yeah. We'd have to break it up, but. Huge fan of Harry Potter, the films and the books, but Richard Harris was the embodiment of Dumbledore. Oh, perfect. He was the perfect role. And then when he passed, it was so sad. Oh, yeah. Who is it that they found to replace him? Uh, Jason Gambon. So, or no, Michael, Michael Gambon. He was not bad, but there was, he was different. He, I think he brought a little bit more of a, um, um, less regal take yeah. on it whereas richard harris had he had that had that like 
regal nature about him, but yet you He's saw in his eyes, you, you saw that little glint in his eye, like there was a bit of mischief behind him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Michael Gambon was, he was just more flat out he was more upfront about it yeah he's like uh, i'm kind of i'm kind of mischievous here I, I got something on my sleeve i think the biggest argument with him is um when he confronts harry about the goblet of fire and he like comes running up to him like did you yeah. put your name in like and it, it's funny because i've seen the memes where it's like uh dumbledore asked quietly mm-hmm. and he, in the movie he's like running up to him like pushing him against the wall like did you do it i think that was just a, a bad editing choice of yeah. which cut to take and put in the movie you know that's yeah. that's my take on it but yeah I, I i know which one you're talking about yep yep uh the, both both guys did a great job but richard harris has a very special oh, place yeah. in my heart so i didn't know that that's oh, yeah. that's interesting um i you know saying this being a harry potter fan fantasy folklore is not typically my genre mine either it really isn't so i was a little hesitant to watch the show when when aaron suggested it i had thought about watching it i'd seen you know the previews and i was like oh i don't know and it was hard it was really hard for me to get into it like i said this show like if you stick with it and if you get past the you know the the fairy tale part of it right it's got a great story a very important story very relevant yes i would say yeah the main themes mm-hmm. are, are are racism xenophobia anti-immigration just how how these fairy tale creatures are treated how they are kind of put into these like poor rundown neighborhoods i mean it's it's very much holding a mirror up to society but not in too obvious of a way. Right. And what's right. interesting is I read this on the Wikipedia page that the that the creator of the show has been writing this show for almost twenty years. That and, is I still can't believe that. And he it's That's finally being incredible. made. And he made he said something about how it's sad that it's still relevant. Yeah. A story from twenty years ago. I mean, it's been relevant for probably <laughs> hun- hundreds of years. Yeah. But it's sad that, you know, something like this is still relevant. It's still relatable. It's not so far in the past that it doesn't seem real. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from you know all the you know fairy tale aspects of it, yeah. but but the story, the the racism, the the, the segregation, the, the war, you know the and I think it was uh, it was um hmm, what is her name Longsbane's daughter when she's in Parliament saying you know the Fae they're not they are not one of us they're trying to infiltrate our society they're trying to just saying all these awful things about these these creatures kind of stung a little bit yeah it was very like oof. that that feels so just like now got you in the awkward feels huh yeah Yeah. it did and so i would say like i said it it does hold a mirror up but not so obvious Mm -hmm. where it's i don't like shows that are very much in your face i don't want them preachy yeah i don't right right this is what's wrong with society It, it it's enough of that relatability, that realness in the story, but enough fantasy element that still it, it still feels unique, and uh, it it, keep, it it keeps you in the story without you know being like oh god, you know. Do you mm-hmm. know? I feel like I'm being really vague, but do you know what I mean? Right. It's uh, like I said, if you can get past the fairy tale aspect of it, it's got some great love stories. It's got a lot of great mystery and. It's it's definitely a like a murder mystery, a love story, a drama, and like a, like a war, like a oh, historical. There's, there's plenty of action in there. It's there's it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. I think that really anyone can can enjoy it. Definitely not for children. I wouldn't say yeah no. Don't watch no. it with your kids. No. There's um some nudity, a lot a lot of language. Yeah. Um, and I would say though my if I had a few arguments against the show. There are a few parts of it that seem like the the Black Raven story kind of gets thrown away after a few episodes. We don't hear much about them after a while. Right. Yeah. So I know. That, I know which one. It, yeah. They they're kind of introduced and then they just kind of disappear for so a while. Maybe they'll come up in season two. I I hope so. We don't know. Um, I also thought it was funny. Imogen makes a statement. I think it's in the very first episode. Don't be so old fashioned. It's the seventh century. Right. And I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> This is supposed to be what the 600s. Yeah. So, so I don't remember seeing this in the history books, but I, I mean, they, they use some, it's, it's like old folklore mixed in with Victorian. Yeah. You know what? Cause I remember, I, I remember hearing somebody talk about Tiernanog, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of old folklore locations and, and, 
people and that sort of thing. I'm like, oh, so that's where they're drawing that sort of right. material from, I guess. But yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it, I like anything that transports you out of where you are. Yeah. You know, but yet you're still engaged. Engaged enough. Like it doesn't feel so far away. Right, right. It's still real in right. a way. Right. Even though people are flying around and yeah. <laughs> have horse feet and all yeah. that other stuff. I would say that, yeah, the uh, um, the makeup is incredible on this. Yeah. Some really good costuming. They need some awards for both of those. Yeah, yeah. They did a great job on that, especially like the, the horns and the wings mm-hmm. and the, I'm assuming, you know, CGI green screen flying. Sure, that was like, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, there had to, you know, props to the, you know, the production <laughs> yeah. crew on that um did a great job um the acting's really good um but i would say the biggest flaw of this show is the storytelling could be better it's just a little confusing at first yeah i agree i agree it does t- it takes some work to get into it but it's well worth it once you do mm-hmm. you know and if you're willing to put in that work like Another example of that type of show was HBO's Rome. You know, it took forever because they're using actual people. And yeah, you may have heard of these people, but it takes forever to remember who the hell they're talking about. You know, like, oh my God. And then this is kind of the same way. It's like, who the hell are you talking about? Seriously? Especially you throw the accents on and there's some really deep accents going on in there. And I love accents. Big time. (laughs) I love accents. But this is, it, it just adds another layer of difficulty on top of it to, mm-hmm. to follow, you know, sure. but, but once you do that, you're, you're the, the payoff is well worth it. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm glad I gave the show a chance. I feel like I need to rewatch it now that I, you, you I do. really know what's going on yeah. and then, you know, pick up on some things you that do. You do. I you maybe pick, didn't get. Pick some things up that you missed the first time. I think, I guess an overall opinion before we get into our official reviews is, um, I, I really liked the underlying message, especially with the characters, um, Imogen and Agraeus, how, you know, these people from these two different worlds, you know, it's seen as so wrong as them being together, but they come together and, you know, they see they're not so different and they, you know, have these, they, there's this great scene where um, they're at this, uh, like an opening for an art gallery mm-hmm. and um he outbids one of her friends on this painting and she says you know why did you do that he's like well i just wanted to see his face mm-hmm. you know because he's had all these horrible things to say about me and then said you know like oh like do you even have that kind of money and it's like three hundred thousand, i don't know not dollars but whatever yeah. you know make believe money or whatever and uh i just i love that how you know that's when she started Imogen started to you know say like i i guess I didn't really know you, you know, and now you're, you know, you're artistic, you have all these great, you know, you have great taste and art and you're funny and kind and smart. And, you know, I think we can learn a lot mm-hmm. from, from stories like this, these, you know, opposing sides coming together, even when, uh, and uh, too, with, with like the cults of, of the fawn of, you know, just saying, hey, they're never going to accept us. We're just going to kill them. I mean, that's obviously not the way to go. Right. Um, so I feel like it, it brings up these themes of, you know, we're not so different. We should try to, you know, come together as hard as it may be sometimes, especially, you know, with people, you know, naysaying. I feel like we could learn a lot from from this story. Yeah. I liked it. I can't wait. I cannot wait for the second season. I'm glad I didn't know that they got picked up for a second they season. Did. So that's good to know. And what's unfortunate about these binge shows that they release the whole season at I once. I love it. I love it, but I hate <laughs> it because then you watch it super fast and then you're stuck waiting like a year until the I second know, season. I know. So uh, it'll be a while before season two, but maybe we'll review that one when it comes out. But let's get into our review. So uh, we go on a five star scale. Okay. For me, I think I'm going to give it a 3.5. My reasoning is, again, I, I did love the end result. I loved the characters. I loved the story and the underlying message. I thought the storytelling was a little confusing. Some parts of the story just complicated things. We could have focused more on the main, you know, the heart and soul of, of the story and less on these side stories that maybe didn't seem so relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall... I, I did really like it. I'm, I'm glad I gave it a chance and look forward to what's next. 
Yeah. I I give it a solid four. Okay. I, and it's maybe, I don't know. I don't think it's generous. I, I really, really liked it. I was, I was engaged the entire time. Yeah, it took some work to get into it, but... Anything worth doing takes some work, yeah, right? Yeah. And it, it was it was very well done. I like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the that that look and that feel of any show mm-hmm. or movie and that sort of stuff. So that really took me right right off the bat. Yeah, I really really liked it. Solid four. Awesome. Well, hey, Aaron, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for uh, recommending this show for me. Yeah. And uh, to all of our listeners, thank you for listening. Um, Next weekend is uh, Thanksgiving weekend, so we will not have an episode. But after that is when we're going to get into the holidays. So we're going to be doing some fun holiday favorite films. I'm going to find some people in the office to talk about their favorite Christmas movies, so look out for those. Those White are going to be fun. White Christmas, yeah. yep, that's a classic. Yep. My personal favorite is the Jim Carrey Grinch. Ah, uh, yeah, that one's one of my favorites. Yep. Probably will end up talking about that one. <laughs> um, but um, until then, hey, if there are other shows out there, especially with all these new like streaming platforms, like Apple TV Plus now mm-hmm. has shows. Um, obviously, Prime, Disney Plus, uh, Netflix, and Hulu, and otherwise. If there's something out there that you want us to talk about. Let me know and uh, we'll give it a watch. But until then, thanks for listening, guys. Keep on streaming. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if you think we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.